Welcome to the Fallon Forum. This is Ed Fallon and Charles Goldman broadcasting from Des Moines, Iowa. And we've got a lineup today that I think you'll enjoy. First, though, thanks to our anchor sponsor, Gateway Marketing Cafe, Central Iowa's premier good food store. Gateway brings together the world's finest products with Iowa-grown foods and passionate, personalized service. If you're looking for quality foods with a community focus, check out Gateway Marketing Cafe. All right, so a quick shout-out to the Des Moines Irish Session for providing our bumper music. And if you're in the Des Moines area, there's an open session happening somewhere every Tuesday. All right, Charles, so before we talk about the important stuff, and that would be Menendez, Israel-Palestine, the Supreme Court docket, I, 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 got, I got to get your take on what Trump said in Iowa last week. And, and your take is important because it may, this may be the only thing that you and Trump have in common, <laughs> fear of sharks. So here's, here's Trump. And he, uh, he told a campaign rally in Iowa that he would prefer to die by electrocution than to be eaten by a shark. And he's, um, he's basically he used the opportunity to poke fun at electrical, electric vehicles. So he says, if I'm sitting down and that boat is going down and I'm on top of a battery and the water starts flooding in, I'm getting concerned. But then I look 10 yards to my left and there's a shark over there. So I have a choice of electrocution and a shark. You know what I'm going to take? Electrocution. I will take electrocution every single time. Do we agree? <laughs> <laughs> he said that. He said that. Well, I mean, the scenario is, of course, ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because he's not going to get electrocuted by a battery that's, you know, and by the way, unless the president doesn't realize this, a, a lot of the recreational, the, well, the former president, president yeah. right, a lot of recreational motors are actually electrically powered. Right, so, so it doesn't have to be an electrical, electrically powered boat. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, but so would you? Would you take electrocution over getting eaten by a shark? That's the bottom line. Um, <laughs> I would take electrocution over getting eaten by a shark. Ah, yes, I knew. I, it, I knew I, you I, and Trump I, could find some common ground. That's right. This is exciting. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, but I, again, this this relates to what he tried to say before. You're right on electric cars about how. Only the first 10 minutes are enjoyed by people who own electric cars because after that, they start worrying about the range. <laughs> <laughs> As if there's nothing even more important to worry about. So well, the, the line I like the most, actually, is at the very end, he says, I will take electrocution every single time. So uh, how many how many lives is he going like, to squander <laughs> dying this way? Where he's, he's, he's got <laughs> multiple times... In re throughout throughout his reincarnated history, he's going to be choosing between electrocution, electrocution and right. shark consumption. Anyway, well, like I said, there's more important things to talk about, um, and we're going to, we're going to get to. Although, um, if it ends up with this, with smoke coming out of your head, like some of the failed electrocutions of the past, yeah, maybe he would have maybe, preferred the shark. Maybe a shark yeah. would be better. Yeah, yeah. Well, depending on the shark, too. Great white boom, you're gone like that. You know, but some little little tiny guy was just going to nibble at you. That's going to hurt. <laughs> okay. I guess that's true. <laughs> All right, so serious stuff. Um, a climate scientist, uh, Dr. Gianluca Grimalda from Germany, he uh, was uh, doing research in the Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, mm -hmm. and um, he was he spent six weeks, six months there actually, um, doing research about how the you know poor communities there were being affected by climate change, and specifically um, rising tides. You know, mm. and, and how they were being forced to move to more interior lands, and um, he traveled there. It's fourteen thousand miles. He traveled there using buses, trains, ferries, cargo ships, and he was intending to travel home the same way. Uh, and uh, his employer, 
said, no, I'm sorry, you got to be back in your office on Monday or you're fired. And I don't know whether they followed through on the threat because he's had quite a bit of press coverage saying, hey, respect this guy for his stand of principle. Mm. And I, I, you know, I well, I know it does take, what, um, almost about two months to, <laughs> to travel that way, you know. So, but he's, I mean, he, I love what he said. It says, you know, it says, you know, it takes, um, it takes time to build trust between communities and a, quote, white man, as I am always referred to. So that several communities requested me to go and explain the contents of the research twice or even three times before the start of the field work. He was also apparently um, uh, uh, kidnapped and held for ransom by machete-wielding bandits. Yeah. <laughs> His research was stolen, so it took him longer to get the work done. But here he is now being like blasted for, you know, a climate scientist being blasted for making a responsible decision. I was a little confused, though, because he, he states that this method, using multiple other fossil fuel burning uh, conveyances, that by not flying, he's going to save three point, what? 3.6 tons, tons of carbon emissions. Really? Yeah. You mean they're not going to fly the plane just because he's not on it? Well, you know, if enough, if enough people stood up to air travel, which is clearly problematic in terms of climate emissions— if enough people stood up to it, mm-hmm. yeah, they would cancel some planes, and then they would, you know, I mean, here the story here locally is that if we we have this 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 um this desire among power the power here power elite here who want to expand the airport, mm-hmm. but they don't want to put any money into passenger rail, you know, you've got to travel an hour south of Des Moines to pick up the nearest Amtrak, right? So yeah, yeah, so yeah, the plane is leaving anyway if he's the only guy who decides not to fly. But if 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 passengers say, you know, we're not going to fly, then yeah, then it starts making a big difference. No? Disagree? Yeah. Well, I mean, if the plane doesn't fly, then it makes a big difference. I, I think it is kind of a fallacy about, even though it's mass transit, planes are not particularly uh, minor contributors to... They're uh, not minor contributors. They're not minor contributors. No, they're huge. Like 5% yeah. of the global right. greenhouse gas emissions are air travel. That's correct. That's huge from one industry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and honestly, a, you know, containers, uh, you know, shipping is another big one too. Uh, well, absolutely. Yeah. But you could say the same thing there. The cargo ship was going to go anyhow. Right. So he hops out from, uh, from the Solomon Islands to, I don't know, India or I don't know. I'm not sure where he, where he goes to the, from there before he starts... Uh, other types of travel. Well, I think the the other important part of the story is the, as he's pointing out, he's doing work that shows how other nations and peoples are affected yeah. by the profligacy of the mature economies. Right. And um, so since the victims aren't seen, mm-hmm. it's very easy to continue to consume the way we consume, yeah, you know, and, um, you know, and of course the other thing we do here in the United States is while our emissions may be diminishing to some degree, we're exporting all this coal sure. to other countries to burn it, to yeah, make and, these and, items somewhere else that and, we bring back yeah, and, here and, to and, sell. and thanks to Obama, we're now, we're now exporting crude oil. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Anyway. <laughs> well... So I hope I hope you're, you know, you're definitely playing into the Republican theme about how, you know, um, we should be selling all that oil here. No, we should not. We should we should not be drilling for it. Well, I understand that, but I mean that's that's their argument, and of course, you know, the fact that well, the American who's, who's, people don't understand that the oil markets are worldwide markets, and 
Sure. They're, they're all for capitalism and free markets as long as the price isn't too high. Then when it's too high, all of a sudden we should be controlling the price or – and if it is too high, it's President Biden's fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as we'll see, everything is President Biden's fault because what happened in Israel is President Biden's fault. And we're going to get that get to that on the third segment of this program. But uh, let's talk Menendez, Bob Menendez, Senator yeah. from New Jersey. From New Jersey, you're a big fan, I understand. Uh, well, this is this is a guy who, um, a, a senator who already went through a corruption yeah. trial, but 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 uh, but uh, managed to get through it unscathed. Well, he has, a, yeah, and he was accused there of helping uh, a optometrist or ophthalmologist, I can't remember if it was optometrist and ophthalmologist. Something to do with in eyes. Various, in various ways, um, and including, you know, helping him out with some sort of, me, you know, insurance fraud he was involved with, some sort of Medicaid or Medicare fraud that he was involved with. And um, helping, to ma- helping to make it possible uh, for him to for, commit Medicare fraud? Well, for it to go away, oh, I you know, okay. and... So he did. He did, in fact, get tried in in federal court in New Jersey. And although, you know, he, he he's out there saying that he was found innocent. It's true he was found innocent, except there was a hung jury. He was of, found not guilty. He was found. Yeah. Well, they actually didn't come to that. Yeah. I mean, the jury okay. was just hung. There was ten people who thought he absolutely committed this uh, crime. You know, and two uh, and two who didn't. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when the ethics committee. Uh, of the Senate got together, they said absolutely what he did was illegal and against federal yeah. law. But of course, yeah. that has no no legal meaning. But now, and now um, he now is involved along with his 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 um, his wife um, in another seeming scheme uh, involving um, various people involved with the Egyptian government. Um, Guy gets around. Right, a kind of, and actually a government that he was publicly criticizing for human rights violations, as he should, at, be. as he was yeah. working behind the scenes with representatives of the government to ensure that they would get the full allotment of aid from the United States, which right. had been some degree predicated on and, and this guy human been, rights. He hasn't been a senator that long, right? Um, no, I think he has been a senator sec- for quite a while. Second term, at least a second term. Okay, yeah. Well, he's he's making the most of it. Yeah, and he's he's seen as <laughs> as least in that sense very effective as a senator. Effective in terms of gra- cra- uh, crime well, and graft. The, the, well, not so much that, but that you know at least in in other arenas that don't involve money to him and his wife, um, <laughs> that you know he's generally been on the right side of many things, and you know that people who lean in you know toward democratic so, positions so this helps republicans because you know the a majority of the scandals whether they're sex or money uh, tend to involve republicans but not certainly not all but this kind of, this is a big one on the democratic side right republicans are enjoying that and democrats are responding mostly uh mostly saying that it's time for this guy to go yes that 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 is and true. He's, he's, Although it's not a huge number of the Democratic senators are saying that, but yes, there are some people, including Cory Booker, who is his right fellow his, New Jersey his, senator, his New yeah, Jersey senator, who's saying the same. And um, you know, Menendez got out there and said this is prejudice because he's a Cuban American, <laughs> and he started talking about the deep state, and you know, I mean, it could have been you know the lift from a, a Trump speech, right? But um, yeah, I mean, I think the the question here is that it's a bad look, obviously, and the Democrats have responded more forcefully against bad looks that were quite 
I would say in many ways more minor. Well, like uh, Al Franken. Al Franken, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and, with his juvenile picture. Al Franken. You know. He Al, Al Franken probably rightfully regrets having a, you know uh, you know submitted to that pressure. Yeah, but he felt like that it would undermine the party and that it, you know the governor and the. Minnesota is a blue state. They were going to put a Democrat in anyway. And I guess he, yeah, he, he felt like it was better. Yeah. So well, we got a corporate Democrat instead, right? So, <laughs> you know, Menendez clearly, really, if this was if this was Mitch McConnell and not Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell would have walked over to Menendez's office or told Menendez to come meet him in his office, and said, "You, you know." You need to resign and you to spend sh- more time with your family, like, <laughs> like they all do, right? You need to spend more family time with, well, your, with, all with that your new, mo- with, with all your that new wife, with your new wife who evidently ran someone oh, down, destroyed her Mercedes. And one of the charges against Menendez is that one of these people who he was like influencing for and taking money and gold bars and stuff, they were stuffed in like clothes in the house. Um, they that one of them bought. His his at that time wasn't even his wife, but bought her a new Mercedes to replace the Mercedes that was destroyed in this. So, so what, what do you say? Accident. What do you say to the general public person who says, you know, okay, so this guy's a crook. They're all crooks, and they're all billionaires. They're all doing they're all doing some kind of uh, you, you know skimming. Whether it's uh, whether it's who knows what it could be, and it could, it could be something that's a lot easier to conceal, and maybe a lot less money. But this guy's just the tip of the iceberg, and maybe the baddest actor. But you've got a you've got an entire chamber of people who are, you know, you know, some one way or another, deceiving the taxpayers, and even in some cases robbing the taxpayers. What do you say to that? Well, I, I think that that given what's going on in terms of of Trump's various trials, um, that Menendez is just a liability, and. There's to the Democratic no, to the Party. Democratic Party. Well, well, to, understanding that that's the expectation. In fact, the Republicans who actually come out have pretty much said they don't trust the DOJ or the FBI. Yeah, right, and they right, think right. that they might well have set him up just like they set up former President Trump, you know, oh. with the, with they the boxes that, in his bathroom they, 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 They're Republicans saying they think the DOJ or the FBI yeah. set up Menendez? Yeah. Well, the evidence against him is so strong. I mean, well, but he, he didn't need any help from it, the FBI. They're, they're kind of, it's interesting because they're kind of getting locked into their own rhetoric, which is that, <laughs> right. the, that the DOJ is all politicized. Or this is the other view that I've heard, which is that they're going after Menendez to make it seem like that they're not going after Trump because they're doing it to Equal everybody from both sides. Yeah, sure. so, well, they are at Hunter Biden to make that argument. But nevertheless, <laughs> that has been the argument. But, you know, after a while, I, I think it, it, this is just disgusting. I don't care whether he's guilty criminally or not. This is absolute and total corruption. Which right? part of it? Well, that he's, he's influencing oh, foreign sure. yeah, policy yeah, yeah. and acting yeah. as an agent of another government. Yeah. yeah. Right? You know, the bottom line is he, he refuses to step down. Right. So uh, you tell so you, and, and, the, well, the, saying, and the next election takes care of that problem. Right. Well, you, well, exactly. What Schumer should be telling him is, 
don't plan on getting any money from us to run your campaign. Right. And we are clearly He's, going to primary. He, he doesn't need any money. <laughs> well, well I'm, I don't think he can spend the, I don't think he can use the gold bars in, oh, you know, okay, in terms right, of right. financing a campaign. Hey, i got to run to a break, Charles. Uh, hey, Ed Fallon and Charles Gold with you here, folks. Take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the U.S. Supreme Court's docket and what, uh, what we're going to be looking at during the next term. Back in a minute on the Fallon Forum. Gateway Market and Cafe is Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store, centrally located at ML King Parkway and Woodland Ave. Enjoy chef-crafted prepared foods, artisan baked goods, organic produce, hand-cut meats, local and international cheeses, wines, and craft beer. Gateway's Cafe is open for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery service seven days a week. Stop by or visit gatewaymarket.com for more details. Gateway Market. Good food, great community. At Story County Veterinary Clinic, Dr. Kim Holding has over 30 years of experience working with all creatures great and small. Cat, dog, horse, cow, elephant. Well, if you've got a pet elephant, you may be in trouble. Kim's clients stick with her year after year because they know she'll do right by them and their pets and farm animals. So give Kim a shout to keep your animals happy and healthy. Call 515-232-8766. That's 232-8766. Welcome back to the Fallon Forum. Hey, thanks to our sponsors and partners, including Catholic Peace Ministry, an independent nonprofit with no ties to the Des Moines Catholic Diocese. Uh, Catholic Peace Ministry focuses on nuclear disarmament, the need for diplomacy in Ukraine, and ending the permanent war economy. Learn more at catholicpeaceministry.org. Thanks also to Architecture by Synthesis. Owner Mark Klipsham asks that you use the most energy-efficient methods you can afford and the greenest, longest-lasting materials available. Examples of Mark's work can be found at architecturebysynthesis.com. All right, so Charles, uh, the Supreme Court is back at it, and America can feel good about it, about, uh, about the workings of government again. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, did I, did I stretch it there? <laughs> well, I, 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 there, I think there are a couple of themes that are going to be part of uh, this session. Um, one theme is going to be throwing out decisions from the craziest court in the United States, which is the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, yeah, that's uh, Texas. Right. Well, it's Texas and, and, and most of the sort of old line Confederacy states. Um, oh, it covers dominated, yeah, yeah. yeah, dominated by Republican appointees, and, and I think a third of them are Trump appointees. Including, you know, possibly one of the worst judges in the United States, James Ho, um, former Tom, uh, Clarence Thomas clerk, which tells you all you what need a to coincidence. know about, yeah, what, what he <laughs> believes. Um, so it, it's going to be about the regulatory state. You know, this is—I think this is going to be the major theme, which is what are the powers, or what should be the powers of the various agencies of the federal government, of the executive branch, and how or whether they should be constrained and all this power handed over to that great deliberative body, which would be perfect for making regulations, the... The U.S. Congress. The U.S. Congress. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, of course, we, we have to have... Well, I, there's not any 
particularly religious case this year that stands out. Um, there's uh, that's unusual. That's actually. unusual. Yeah, yeah. We of course do have a gun control case, which well, that's that's and a voting rights case. Jesus was a big fan of the of, of the Second Amendment. Well, the gun control case is 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 an interesting one, and that is. Um, the questioning, because the fifth, this again, the way ca- the way cases get almost directly to the Supreme Court these days is you bring them in Texas, <laughs> and therefore they, they and immediately he, get appealed he, he, to the Fifth Circuit, who then makes some crazy decision. Doesn't have to be some standing in order to bring it to a specific. It, well, interestingly, court? they're having it. They're having a. They are. There's one case about whether there's any. St- Maybe decided on standing, but standing has been like so totally ignored by this court. I mean, remember they made the decision in the in the case with the, the Colorado um, website designer, right, right, who asked for a ruling in in something that never happened. She had right. no injury, no standing, but she didn't want to. She didn't want to do uh, do stuff for gay wedding. Correct, but right, it right. never happened that she even did, right. and so it was essentially a finding with no actual. Case yeah. well, getting getting ahead of the ahead of the curve there. Right. right? So anyway, so one this is one of the decisions from the Fifth Circuit Court. That was that you remember Bruin, the the case, the New York State case, which widened um, Second Amendment rights last year. Um, was widened deci- Second Amendment rights? Oh yeah. Okay. Was decided based on the idea that you know with originalism you can only um, you know make laws that would be um, related to situations that were occurring at the time of the drafting of the Constitution, okay. right? And so there, since this is, this is a case that's, you know, um, in Rahimi that's coming before the court in which the question is being raised whether um, those who are under restraining orders, domestic violence restraining orders, right. should have a right to have a gun. Well, of course they should. Right. Well, that's what the Fifth, that's what the fifth I'm Circuit... I'm kidding, of course. That's what yeah. the Fifth Circuit decided. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, that's crazy. That is... Right, assault how, how in, does, inside of... How does anyone di- justify that? Um, <laughs> because, and this was from James Ho's I mean, people are opinion gonna, in that women case. Women are going to die. Yeah, absolutely. But his, his concern is that this would be used by one party to harass the other party. In other words, how, how do you read that into it? It doesn't matter. This is this is what the Fifth well, Circuit I mean, decided. Well, what's his rational? What's well, his reasoning? His reasoning was that the use of restraining orders can be harassment. Therefore, abridging somebody's Second Amendment rights by use of a restraining order, first of all, could be harassment and inappropriate, but also unconstitutional because there was no nothing at the time of the Second Amendment's writing dealing with spousal or relationship abuse because it never happened back then in the 70s well because there was no law and there was no supreme court right acknowledgement right. of violence within a marriage until 1871 wow. this is the stupidity of originalism yeah right because it wasn't happening in the 17 late 1700s right. we are stuck now with an, you know the second amendment which was made for that time and but, I mean, true to originalism, we should only be talking about legalizing weapons that were available back in the 70s, well, right? We, well, the Federalist Society has obviously talked their way around that. Well, but yeah. anyway, so that's, 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 this one, however, most people think they're going to say, no, 
you probably you're probably going to be allowed to keep people who are showing a propensity for violence from having. You weapons. think the court will, will rule unanimously? The belief on is that? they actually. I don't know, but unanimously. So no, Clarence I mean, Thomas. No, Clarence Thomas and, and, Alito, and Alito sure will, will not. Yeah, yeah. But they they believe that that they will. Then okay. there's another voting rights case coming out of South Carolina. Yeah. But it's also going to impact another case in Louisiana, and, which is essentially and, the same as the yeah. one they ruled on. And by extension, it 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 ha- it, rule, it it weighs in on the whole conversation about gerrymandering. Correct. But uh, isn't this the case where they're they you know it's clearly a racially motivated gerrymander, but the um, proponents of that decision, in this case the Republican Party of South Carolina. Is arguing that well, it's not, it's not, it's not based on race. It's based on politics. Well, that's right, yeah. right. That yeah. exactly that they and and the Supreme Court has already said that courts are not going to decide political gerrymanders. Right. Right. So they're gonna. That's that's their way of getting out of it, calling it a political gerrymander and not a, not a right. And I, you know, how is a political gerrymander not wrong as well? You know, maybe it's not as onerous on the surface as a, as a racially motivated one. So well, the deal, the deal in Alexander, which is the South Carolina case, is that lower courts have already said that they clearly use race as a proxy to determine which voters are Democrats. Uh-huh. So they, and then they went ahead and limited the number of black voters who would be placed within the state's first congressional district, which happens to be Nancy Mace's district, who's become a very prominent, you know, mm-hmm. sort of pseudo-centrist uh, Republican out there. Um, and... They limited the number so that they wouldn't have a chance to actually elect anybody but a Republican. Right. You know, and that's the same thing that the court just said was illegal in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Alabama tried again to ignore the court, and they told them, no, you're going to create this this district. And Louisiana has a case that's almost a carbon copy of the case in Mississippi. In Alabama, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, So this case... They, it, it, it's hard to know because everyone was surprised when they decided that the gerrymander in Alabama was a problem right? because they had gone to such extremes to basically eviscerate the Voting Act previously. Right. But so that'll be interesting to see well, yeah, what they do with that. And I, I think the court is likely to rule a law, rule in a, in a way consistent with what the South, South Carolina Dem- Republican Party wants. Uh, and again, don't you? I mean, you, What's that? you, you well, I think they're probably going to uh, uphold the, uh, the the gerrymandered district. Do you think so? They're going to go no, along. I mean, if you go, go along, along with the, the logic, if you go along with the logic, in, in, that in it's the a political. Early, yeah, yeah, that it, it's yeah. a. It, it's no, 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 no. I mean, the. Um, so in other words, there's going to be no relief to voter suppression from that court ruling at all. Well, no, in in, in Allen versus Milligan, which was the Mississippi case. I mean the Alabama case. This is exactly the reason that they hmm. shut it. They shut them yeah. down and told them, "No, you're going to have to have a district which has representative of the you know the the African American population in that area, mm-hmm. and not draw these crazy districts that ones on one side of the state, and ones on the other, yeah, with, with no 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 contiguousness." No, I think that if they, if the if they go along with what they did just last year in Milligan, then they're going to throw they're going to throw out. Uh, the yeah. Fifth Circuit. So, know, what else we got decision. coming down? So then, of course, you know, um, abortion. Um, well, the Mifa, the Mifa Pristone case is yeah, coming, right? Which once again comes out of the Fifth, fifth Circuit, District, yeah, fifth, yeah, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and um, 
that is going to be interesting because that's a case in which the the agency rules, the FDA rules, clearly show that it's well mm-hmm. past the time right. for them to have made this objection. And that's a case where what's the standing of the physicians who brought the, the you know who brought the suit in the, in the El Paso? Anti, the anti-choice physicians. The anti-choice right. physicians who said that it bothered them that they that, you know that they would potentially be involved. Their standing in is taking, that they're bothered. Correct. Well, actually, <laughs> James stretch. Ho, once again, in his decision, wrote, this is kind of like the Endangered Species Act. And that, you know, um, people who have standing to bring cases involving the Endangered Species Act are sometimes people who just like the aesthetics of having those animals alive out in nature. So interesting, not, not interesting. Yeah, comparing women to animals. Women to yeah, animals, right. exactly. Yeah. To do endangered animals. Right. So, yeah, yeah the... the, the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine versus the FDA. That was the case that got brought. That's quite a name, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, that's the it right It turned way out that not a single one of them is involved in the prescribing of this drug. Yeah. And they are claiming that the um, FDA ignored the so damage. This, this is the way to try to get to those, uh, those states that, that still allow abortion. Well, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because if the drug is because, banned. Because so, so many abortions now are, 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 are medication yeah. abortions. And that, that's going to be a big case. Yeah. Um, and it would also essentially invalidate, uh, along with some of the other cases, that, that like the um, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau case, it would invalidate agency independence because what if you if you remember when they threw out the obama you know electric plan they this court used the obama electric plan well you know to force the 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 big utilities to mitigate their they're talking about electrifying boats so you could have a short well execution and eat by a shark right but so if you remember when they threw that out, they used the major questions doctrine, oh, yeah, yeah. which was completely made up, not in the Constitution. I think if the founding fathers came back, they would say, really? What the heck is this? <laughs> um, basically saying that if it's a major question, then then it can only be decided by the elected um, representatives of the people. Right. Right. So, um, and one one per each state gets one vote. Right. Well, yeah, but, but the point true? being that um, they've that's how they're trying to take away agency independence, and and it, this mm-hmm. is the agency independence where things are unclear, since most statutes from Congress are aspirational at best, yeah. <laughs> not very specific. Well, and, and that's and, and having been in, in a legislature, state level, of course, you know that's. I understand that you can't. You can't. We can't write a law that takes into account everything that no. You can't. Might that, happen that's under where this law. that's where the administration, right. the particular agency that's charged with implementing that law, comes into play. With people who that. have some expertise, Ideally, in the field. Well, pres- presumably, certainly more than the staff. Presumably, you know, more than the staff of some the representative. Caucus staff of the yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So you know, they're the they they've already heard arguments on the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which, by the way payday lenders are trying to get rid of. That's a group I'd really want to decide in favor of, right? <laughs> well, you know. So anyway, payday lenders brought this case claiming that the Constitution says that only Congress can appropriate money. Mm-hmm. And since the, C- the CFPB is, is actually funded by fees, kind of like the, the FDA is, of those that they regulate, that that is actually unconstitutional. Mm. Right. Right. 
The banks, meanwhile, are not interested in seeing the CFPB go away because the CF, you know, the CFPB has been interpreting all the laws as to what are the requirements, what are the reserve requirements, everything else. Mm. Without them, who, there's there's nothing in the law that's going to tell the banks what yeah. the rules are anymore, mm-hmm. and it'll crash the mortgage market because it'll be two thousand eight all over again. Right, just right. just what we want to yeah. do. So what what else is coming down? Uh, let's see. I think that you know again the regulatory ones are the big ones. Uh, Mifflin Prestone is Mifflin a big Prestone's one. Mifflin Prestone's a big one. The, the gerrymandering one. Gerrymander, yeah. right? But there's a there's a lot. This is this is a lot. Yeah, there is a lot coming. And the voting rights cases. I mean, yeah. those are the ones that kind of stand out. You know, and of course, the Wall Street Journal, in regards to some of the cases about you know, limiting agency overreach, said that, you know, the agency overreach is the biggest problem in the American economy right now. Agency overreach, uh, meaning right. like the EPA shouldn't exist? Well, like that, or, you know, <laughs> or, the or, they, or they should be very limited in what they can regulate. And, and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, you know, is inhibiting innovation. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know, it's it's. The editorial page of the Wall Street Journal. It's predictable yeah. what they're going to say. So, in innovation, for example, uh, in new drugs, much of the much of the innovation paid for by the taxpayers, even though the well, profits that's, that's, accrued to big pharma. They're not bringing any cases from big pharma. Not this time. Not this time around. And actually, no. big pharma seems to have backed off. And so big. So br- broad, broad issue, broad broad perspective on the. Uh, and, and you never know when somebody's going to retire, or get eaten by a shark. Well, the most but, likely uh, person to retire is. Thomas. Thomas, right. You know, and he could get eaten by a shark because he goes on these expensive <laughs> uh, cruises with uh, with with uh, with Harlan Crow there. You know, he does. Yeah, he does I mean, that's a, a lot very of time real Harlan Crow. And he would probably. I don't and know he whether. actually swore James Ho in. Yeah. In Harlan Crow's library. So I mean, <laughs> if 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 um if a um if a judicial nomination opens up before next, uh, you know, next. Uh, January. Yes. January twenty twenty five. Good, good, good point. But good. then, you know, you're still not going to, the, the court's balance will tip a little bit, but it won't change. Well, that's correct. But there, there are actually worse and more doctrinaire judges than Clarence Thomas. It's hard to believe, but there you are. Know, on, on the Supreme Court? No, but oh, out, yeah, there, sure, out there, out there in, yeah. the, in the bullpen well, waiting, in, in the, waiting in the their fifth, turn. In the Fifth Circuit, as, as, yeah, for it, example. Right. Exactly. And elsewhere. But yeah. yeah. So, um, it, yeah, it could get worse. And you know, once again, the the political malpractice of all time was that Hillary Clinton never mentioned the court. You know, and reminded people that a, a Republican president was going to do exactly what Trump why, did. And it, with the, with the twenty seconds we have left, why did she do that? Why did she fail to do that? I don't know because Charles, you don't know. You've never because, said that before. Because because the, 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 so many of the, of the Democratic advisors are horrible. Yeah. And yeah. yet they appear in campaign after campaign. Yep. Well, that, I think you nailed it right there. Hey, we've got to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, the disturbing situation in Israel-Palestine. With you, with you here, Ed Fallon and Charles Goldman, back in a minute on the Fallon Forum. Years ago, Chef George Fromaro envisioned a new market to house all his favorite foods under one roof in the heart of Des Moines. From that vision, Gateway Market was born. Over the years, Gateway has become Central Iowa's premier good food store, bringing together the world's finest products with Iowa-grown foods and passionate, personalized service. Gateway's welcoming environment in downtown's Sherman Hill neighborhood 
encourages discovery, and honors the simple pleasures of the table. If you're looking for quality foods with a community focus, experience the good food difference at Gateway Marketing Cafe. Catholic Peace Ministry was founded in 1981 to work for peace and justice. It's an independent nonprofit with no ties to the Des Moines Catholic Diocese and is guided by an ecumenical board representing many faith traditions. CPM focuses on the urgency of nuclear disarmament and the need for diplomacy in Ukraine. CPM also provides an educational forum about the permanent war economy, which must be challenged if we are to achieve lasting peace and justice. Learn more at catholicpeaceministry.org. Welcome back to the Fallon Forum. Hey, thanks again to our sponsors, including Westrom Optometry, located in Des Moines East Village. Dr. Joel Westrom and his staff are fluent in English and Spanish, and the clinic is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. and on Saturdays by appointment. That's Westrom Optometry. Thanks also to Story County Veterinary Clinic, where Dr. Kim Holding has been caring for all creatures, great and small, for over 30 years. Learn more at Story County Veterinary Clinic's Facebook page. All right, hey, again, welcome back to the program. Ed Fallon and Charles Goldman with you. And um, I'm sure everybody, like us, is deeply troubled by what is transpiring in Israel and Palestine right now. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know anybody who says, well, I guess there are a few voices out there who say, yes, Hamas did a good thing. But I'm certainly not one of them. But what bothers me is the unwillingness to connect the the violence, this violence against Israel with Israeli Israel's policies that have driven people to extreme poverty, extreme measures and despair. And uh, I, I think that, that, that point has to be made. Charles? Well, yeah, I mean, that point has to be made. I didn't see that point was made when they flew, you know, Two planes into the World Trade Center and one into the Pentagon, and no. Some people I, made that point, but yeah, certainly it, not the mainstream media. Well, and nor did the majority of the United States, right? You know, who, who again? That I, I agree with you in the sense that, as in the case of 9/11, that was a juncture in which to re-examine why it happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's not going to happen and here. Instead, instead we invaded Afghanistan. Right. Yeah, and that went really well. And then ultimately Iraq under, you know, supposedly for its involvement, which of course there was none. But not to, you know, adjudicate that again. Um, you know, I think the, the, the issue in, in the Middle East is so, so convoluted. For instance, okay, so Hamas, which is the controlling authority in Gaza Strip, which is a horrible place. It's, oh, it's two million it's, it's people. It's a concentration camp. It, well, some people refer to it as an open air prison. Uh, that's probably yeah. Uh, maybe that's more accurate. But yeah. it's, it's it's not it's not a it's not a. And we've had people on the show who've been to Gaza who've talked about the conditions. That's right, and and the conditions are horrible, and the. But in two thousand seven, remember Hamas took over as the kind of governing authority there, 
And Hamas is, a, is kind of a strange organization because it has its sort of terrorist department, mm-hmm. you know, um, gets a lot of financial support predominantly from Iran. Iran, yeah. Yeah. But it also is is part of the Muslim Brotherhood who did, in fact, have a vision of maybe making Gaza livable. And a lot of the European countries were funneling money to Hamas for humanitarian humanitarian purposes, purposes, even though they were considering Hamas a terrorist organization. And that might change now. Well that's that's yeah. that's the thing. And that's the sad part of this, which is as bad as things were in Gaza, it's gonna get, it's worse, gonna get worse. And it's yeah. not gonna get better even if the hostilities stop because mm. at this point and the Israelis, as they often do, were dealing with Hamas in secret. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to allow the border to open again so people could come into Israel and work, you know, yeah. and, and um but you know, Iran had had a always you know likes to destabilize, obviously destabilize Israel as much as possible because they see Israel as a as a dire enemy of of Iran, even right. probably and, more than the United States, and they were becoming very uncomfortable with what Trump started, and and, and this is not a criticism of Trump, but in terms of of what they tried to do with the Abrahamic Accords, which was bring some of the Emirates in. Morocco. Right, uh, and, and also some like uh, you know, Qatar, Qatar and yeah. UAE to have some sort of formalized relationship with Israel. Right. And the Israelis were actually in the midst of negoti- negotiating with Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and that, and that, was, making, that was making good progress. Right. Which, which, and do you, which, do, you, do you think this was an inten- intentional way to try to derail that? Well, the, mean, the problem is this, this, was clearly, this was this was clearly set up for many many months before this. What they did wasn't just a spontaneous. No, yeah, it was it, it was as you know, well coordinated as the uh, attack on the, on the twin towers. And, yeah, and, and I mean elsewhere. they they yeah. they you know cut across the, the 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 border wall. I mean they had thousands of missiles. They you know came by you know, by boat. I mean, yeah. so this was this was not something that was just put together in the last couple of weeks. But it, it does seem to have some relationship with the fact that, you know, Iran understanding the region knows that none of these states, including Saudi Arabia, can be seen right now as in league with the Israelis yeah. while they, because you know, they know what the Israelis are going to do, which is exactly what they're going to do, you know, and what are they going to do? Well, they're going to do what they've done in the past, which is they're going to, you know, semi indiscriminately, you know, do aerial attacks on what they consider to be Hamas. Which is going to kill a lot of civilians and destroy large swaths of Gaza that are already... It's interesting, though, because one of the things that doesn't get reported, one of the things that doesn't get reported in the American media, which, you know, because a lot of the left is very, you know, anti-Israel, is... Do you think think the left is anti-Israel? Absolutely, in this country. The universities... I, I, I don't consider myself anti-Israel. I consider myself a critic of the Israeli government. But okay, I think that's, so a critic of the Israeli government. Big and, difference. Yeah. But nevertheless, I mean, what I'm saying is is that the Hamas just told the Israelis that if they bomb any civilians' homes without prior notice, that they're going to execute a hostage for everyone they do. Now, the interesting part of that, besides the horrible idea that yeah. you know, they're going to execute hostages, that they took, is that they included, if you don't tell us ahead of time, because in fact, that is what the Israelis do a lot. 
which is they they, they they call people in the building or they somehow notify people in these buildings yeah. and tell them you've got this much time to get out because we're going to level this building. So that the fact that Hamas states that very thing in this threat is mm. is quite interesting. So what do you what do you think of the uh, the, the statement from uh, Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant? And I quote. I have ordered a complete siege of the Gaza Strip. There will be no electricity, no food, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals, and we act accordingly. Well, I mean, how is that helpful? It's not helpful, but this is, you know, and that's the thing, which is, there's also the politics of Israel here, right? Right. Because how did this happen? Right. The 700 well, dead Israelis under this supposedly super right-wing, yeah. super security-oriented government. Yeah, that right. somehow didn't didn't see this coming. Right, I and mean, so they are going to overreact for various reasons. One, women, children, civilians were t- either taken hostage or outright killed on mm-hmm. the Israeli side of the border. Two, it makes the government look impotent and feckless. Mm-hmm. Three, the, the fact was that in the, in the midst of everything else, remember there was all this fighting over... Netanyahu and, and, you know, eviscerating the judicial the, system, judicial sure, system that, that's there, been the big issue which led to a huge number of the reserves saying yeah. they weren't going to, they weren't going to report for duty. That conversation will probably be on hold for a while. Correct. But I mean, I think, again, the thing is, is that everybody wants to, it, you know, have some kind of binary solution. This has been going on. What do you mean binary solution? Well, that there's good and bad here, and that oh, okay. there's a right and wrong, and there's one way out of this. Unfortunately, it isn't. Yeah. You know, and and well, I mean, there, there, there's some giving giving uh, Palestinians the same full civil rights and opportunities that Israeli citizens have. That'd be a great starting point, uh, and end to settlements, which what most countries in the world have called for an end to settlements in the West Bank. Right. I mean, there's no question that this government in particular is making things worse. Yeah. And had to make well, but even even more liberal governments have made things worse. Yes, and the the question is, what's the way out? Well, what I just said, which is what, not and pledge an end to settlements and dismantle some of the settlements that have already infringed on uh, on people's you know Palestinians' properties and homes and and farmland in in the West Bank. Uh, you know, you know. Stop this apartheid system where you've got one set of rights for Israeli citizens and a different set of rights, lesser rights, for Palestinians. Just do away with that. I mean, that to me doesn't—that's just that's just a starting point, you know? But well, a that's a big point, starting point. Yeah, it, but the big starting point also is that nobody wants the Palestinians. What do you mean nobody wants Palestinians? I don't notice the Jordanians are all that interested in opening why, up territory why, to allow the Palestinians why, to live on. Why, why, they why, don't. The, they don't. Right, but I, I, I get that. But why should they, well, Why do we need a two-state solution? You're talking about a two-state solution. I don't think we need mm-hmm. that. Every country has its minorities. India has Muslims. Right, well, but the U.S. But the has people who aren't Christians. The, you know? the Israelis don't see that it would, this would be a very numerous minority within and, the country. Right, and, 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 and Flemish-speaking Belgium has a pretty significant French-speaking minority. Um, you know, Northern Ireland has a pretty significant Protestant majority, minority. You know, I mean, 
People just need to learn well, to get and along. Well, look how great Northern <laughs> Ireland and oh, the rest it's, of it's, Ireland. It's doing yeah. fine now. It was, yeah. it was it was pretty bad for a while, right. for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's I agree doing with much you. There better. needs to be a solution, but I don't see that over the last number of decades that anybody's solution mm-hmm. well, has gotten close to fruition. My big problem with the current situation is if you even talk about a solution— it's it's like after after an incident of gun violence. Hmm. Don't talk about it's thoughts and time for thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Let's not talk about why this happened or what we might do to prevent it happening in the future. And the same thing's going on now. Well, again, the same thing happened with nine eleven. We weren't supposed to talk about, you know, why these uh, why these um, terrorists would would hate us so badly to do these horrible things. And right now, we're not supposed to talk about, you know, that you know Israeli Israel has done anything wrong to to encourage. Uh, this tragedy and no, yeah, I you agree know, with you. I mean, it, I, it, you, this it's unsustainable, you know, and and but unfortunately, it's unsustainable, and that unsustainability and the the continuing you know lack of dialogue has led to this Netanyahu government, which is populated by ultra nationalists who right. say that basically the Old Testament says I mean they're the they're the originalists of Israel. Well, sure and, and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they're just using the Old Testament instead of the Constitution. <laughs> you know. Well uh, but they, but in our country there's plenty who would refer to the, the, the Old <laughs> well, Testament as we, well. You that's know? correct. I mean we, yeah. since we do know the Constitution. But I mean you know, take this, you know, you've, you've got you, you've got the um you've got uh, what's called the squad. I, I don't know if I like I, I don't know how we feel about that term describing Ocasio Cortez and uh, Ilan Omar uh, Presley, others, um, you know, you've, you've got some of them coming out with statements. I mean, Omar says, uh, you know, uh, the, the horrific acts against children, women, the elderly, and the unarmed people who are being slaughtered and taken hostage by Hamas, uh, Hamas rather, Hamas, she yeah. condemns that. She condemns that, right, you know, as strongly as anyone. Mm-hmm. And then says, and Gaza doesn't have shelters or an iron dome, and to please play, please pray for them. May peace prevail in the region and move us towards a moral awakening to care about the human suffering we are seeing. Palestinians are human beings who have been who have been in besieged who have been besieged and are deserving of protection from the international community. She got slammed for that. Well, she shouldn't have because I. She, well, she shouldn't have. She shouldn't have because that's absolutely right. Right. She, exactly. Because, you know, because that, the, the, what's happening to the Palestinians is they're just ciphers here. Right. This is this is this is about internal Israeli politics. This is about Israel and Saudi. This is about Israel and Iran. You know, it's about Israel and the U.S. and, and, and the U.S. Mm-hmm. and Russia also. This the, the, nobody really cares one way or the other about the Palestinians. In, they are in just terms of, having, in terms of, in terms of really yeah. taking them. Yeah. You know, trying to to find a solution. And of course. It's not that much different than, let's say, the issue of immigration in the United States. No one really wants to solve immigration in the United States because it's an issue you can you can harangue your opponents about when you're not the ones in power. And that's exactly what's going on there, too. Hamas, for the most part, doesn't have any popularity in Gaza because they've not really been able to govern there. So and, and, they and, just are looking for a way of making people well, hate Israel more. Well, and they do this. Distract. They do this, and then innocent people in Palestine, in, 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 in Gaza, die. That's correct. Yeah. Right. And they knew full well that that's what was going to happen. Yeah. Charles, uh, thank you uh, so much for joining us today. Uh, folks, uh, Charles Goldman, he's a regular feature on this program. Um, I'm thinking we might just invite him to move in with us. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you'd, you'd, you'd bring you'd bring your uh, your eight year old son along. You know? I don't know <laughs> where right. I don't know where that would mean that would put four of us in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, Charles. Uh, folks, we're going to take a short break here. Kathy Burns will join me. This does not sound exciting, but it will be. We're going to be talking about beans when we come back from a break. Architecture by Synthesis provides planning, design, and design-build services for high-performance, low-maintenance, affordable homes and buildings. Owner Mark Clipsham asks that you use the most energy-efficient methods you can afford and the greenest, longest-lasting materials available. Examples of Mark's work can be found at architecturebysynthesis.com. That's architecturebysynthesis.com. At Westrom Optometry, Dr. Joel Westrom and his team provide a variety of services, including comprehensive eye exams, children's eye exams, and LASIK co-management. Whether strictly utilitarian or a fashion statement, your comfort and vision are Westrom's primary concern. Dr. Westrom and his staff will work closely with you to determine the best solution for your eyes, prescription, and lifestyle. Services are provided in English and Spanish, and the clinic is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. and on Saturdays by appointment. That's Western Optometry, located in Des Moines East Village. Hey, welcome back to the Fallon Forum. Thanks again to our sponsors, including Gateway Marketing Cafe, Central Iowa's premier good food store, bringing together the world's finest products with Iowa-grown foods and passionate, personalized service. If you're looking for quality foods with a community focus, check out Gateway Marketing Cafe. Kathy Burns is with me, and we're talking about beans. Well, I've heard, you don't know beans about something. Well, right. we know beans about beans. We and don't... what we know is they're they're fun to grow. Yeah. They're pretty easy to harvest uh-huh. and relaxing, actually, to shell. And uh, they store great. They're very environmentally friendly. Yeah. And they're also cheap. So somebody would say, yeah, so why not just go to the store and buy yourself a big bag of beans there? The reason is, and it's great if you're eating beans already in your diet, but you don't know how long those have been sitting on the shelf. Really? And the beans nutrient quality is best in the first year. It starts to lose vitamins. It can lose- Like significantly? Significantly after a year. It can lose some of the protein uh, benefit for you. It doesn't lose the fiber and the kinds of things that are good for you that way. But uh, the first year is the best year, although they will keep indefinitely and they certainly are delicious to add to your diet after that point. Yeah. And we're talking, I mean, they're, they're regarded as a protein source, but mm-hmm. there, there are other, other goodies in beans that we should consider? Boy, are there. <laughs> they, okay. they have okay. they have all kinds of good stuff uh potassium magnesium folate iron zinc and they, i love the word zinc it's a good one it's a good one i wish we could start wordle with zinc but it's only four <laughs> letters so they're also really rich in their total insoluble fiber and that helps to contribute to low glycemic index mm-hmm. of foods uh so so uh, there's antioxidants, and it help, they can even help to lower your uh, LDL, your, your bad cholesterol. cholesterol yeah. And, you know, there's so many different things you can make with beans. And, we, and we, we, I mean, I'm sure this audience knows 
how to cook a bean. But um, we often, so we soaked them in water overnight, mm-hmm. and we add some baking soda to ideally reduce the the possibility of flatulence, shall we say. Well, the, the term for the uh, bean's propensity to cause that is um, oligosaccharide. That's a ridiculous word. Or maybe word. oligosaccharide. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, there are ways. Yes, the, the baking soda helps. And always cast off that first soaking of water before you get them going but, uh, again. This past weekend, I did something I haven't done in years. Uh, my mom sent me my grandfather, who was from Maine, his recipe. He's long since passed. But he sent me his recipe for Boston baked beans. And we made that with our beans. And actually, this was a... a, a um, not a dried bean. This is a. This is our green beans that had gone to seed. Our mm-hmm. green provider beans. It was extra seed we had. Yep. And we made it um, using the sorghum that our friends Ben Hawks and Lindsay Lindsay Good make out of locally grown sorghum and pressed with an 1800s press, driven by horses. It anyway, was, it was pretty amazing. A and good batch of beans. Yeah, and, and it was good, good philosophically and and, mm-hmm. and spiritually. But it was really tasty. And we make chilies. We make um, soups. Uh, so many things. It's a lot. Um, sometimes we can mash them up and put them in enchilada or something yeah. like that too. Beans are also good for. They're good for you and they're also good for the garden. Yes. So we want to talk about that. Especially if, if you've got to rotate crops and you, and you have to always rotate crops. Mm-hmm. You do. You so. do. And they put, they fix nitrogen back into the soil, mm-hmm. especially after a heavy feeding crop like, like a, corn, like corn, tomatoes, or tomatoes, yeah. uh, peppers. Um, they help you use your vertical space. Uh, if you get a uh, climbing mm, bean. Like a pinto. Uh, you can do that. Uh, there are a lot of good bush beans that are drying varieties, though. Uh, they can be interplanted with some other plants if you're using vertical space. The traditional use of that is the three sisters, the the, sure. cor- the bean climbing up the corn stalk, and then the ground cover is a squash of some and kind. That's a, that's a native planting that we've learned from some of our friends. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, native friends, that. Uh, um, one of our friends from uh, from the Meskwaki settlement, Danielle Wanathy, brought us some bear paw beans. Mm-hmm. And those are just, they have the most beautiful bright red flowers, and they'll grow literally to the top of one's house. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that They're happen. They're so pretty. And we're going to be trying that next year to see if we can get them to grow up over the um, front entrance, over the uh, the balcony, up under the roof. We'll see if we can pull that off. So come they, by the house next year and see if we have that. And the bean itself is like a bright, it's not, no, it's it's, a, it's purple and black, and it's, it's large. Beautiful. And very, very tasty. I want to talk a little bit about storing your beans so you maintain the nutrient value as long as possible. There's no processing needed. You just completely dry them out on a table. Uh if they're stored in a cool, dry place, like I said, they have a minimum shelf life of a year, but to maintain more nutrients, protein, try to get as much air out of your container. If you're using a jar mm. of some kind, fill them completely to the top, eliminate the air. If they're in a bag of some kind, try to get all the air out of that. Some people vacuum pack, but then again, you've got, uh, you've got, more, you've got some electricity used to do that if you're doing a vacuum pack. So that helps them. Well, that's that's interesting stuff. Um, I know that you know on the big scale uh, in Iowa, for example, where most of the state is uh, corn and beans. There's a reason there's beans in that formula too, because uh, you know I mean there used to be a bigger crop rotation in rural Iowa, but now it's corn and beans usually every other year. But that bean part is really really important. Hey, Kathy, thanks for joining us today. You bet. 
Hey, thanks to our production team of Sherry Herdina, Forrest Detterman, Charles Goldman, Kathy, and myself, Ed Fallon. Thanks also to our local small business partners, Gateway Marketing Cafe, Architecture by Synthesis, Story County Veterinary Clinic, and Western Optometry. Thanks also to our nonprofit partners, Catholic Peace Ministry, Iowa Physicians for Social Responsibility, Bold Iowa, and Birds and Bees Urban Farm. And thanks to the Des Moines Irish Session for our bumper music. We'll be back, we'll be back next week with another hour of cutting edge. Talk radio. Beans, 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 beans,